Welcome to Taiwan Report News Brief. News and analysis from Taiwan. I'm Donovan Smith. Up today on the show, we've got Taiwan to use science in U.S. trade row, apparently. The WHO head blames Taiwan for his woes. Distrust of China is up. Could the China trade deal come to an end this year? Johnny Chang moves to discipline and modernize the KMT and corruption in Taiwan. All right, let's jump right in with some coronavirus news. Taiwan's coronavirus cases rise by 16 to reach 283. That's the Taiwan news. Again, 14 are uh, 14 of those were recent uh, imported cases and two were domestic from people who'd recently been returned. All right, the Ministry of, and this is Focus Taiwan, Ministry of Economic Affairs launches hotline to help businesses access economic stimulus funds. Taiwan's Ministry of Economic Affairs on Friday launched a free hotline to help businesses determine whether they are eligible for special funding amid government efforts to mitigate the impact of the coronavirus epidemic. So on February 27th, there was this big stimulus package and they got another one coming out one of 60 billion one of 40 billion now it says here the purpose of the 1988 hotline is to help businesses and members of the public to determine if they're eligible for assistance and connect them with designated contacts at the government agencies handling the funds the moea said in a press release the services available to businesses include loan deferments subsidized training programs and discounts on utilities People answering the 1988 hotline on its first day in service said, however, that measures to help individuals have yet to be finalized and they were unable to provide specific information. The hotline, which will offer services in Chinese and English, is open seven days a week from 8.30 a.m. to 6.30 p.m. Again, that phone number is 1988. Taipei Times, CECC's Chen Shizhong will not be replaced premier. Premier Su Tseng yesterday said he would not replace Minister of Health and Welfare Chen Shizhong as the head of the Central Epidemic Command Center. Former KMT legislator Apollo Chen, and that's Chen Shizhong, last week called for Chen Shizhong to be replaced, citing the contracting economy and panic buying of daily necessities amid the COVID-19 pandemic. The Taiwan People's Party this week urged Su to take over the reins at the CECC himself, saying that there were contradictions between how Su and Chen viewed plans to evacuate Taiwanese stranded in Wuhan, China. Now, this seems to be a politically stupid move on the part of Apollo Chen and the Taiwan People's Party. Right now, Chen Shizhong is really popular locally and internationally. Taiwan is being praised to high heaven for its response to the coronavirus epidemic. So the right now for them to come out and attack him seems really bizarre. In the Taipei Times, British Australian couple denied compensation so apparently this couple arrived, they were put into quarantine, and they said, okay, let's see here, a British woman and her Australian partner who, according to a BBC report, complained that being quarantined in Taiwan was like being incarcerated, would not be receiving government compensation for their time in quarantine as they provided false information to the media, the Central Epidemic Command Center said yesterday. 
The false information negatively affected the nation's image and might make people unwilling to comply with the quarantine requirements. So this the however, the people involved uh, send a message out saying, hi, I'm sure you've seen the BBC, BBC. I'm sorry if you've read it. I didn't know anything about it until today. I appreciate what you've done for myself and Rohan, and I can only apologize. I'm doing what I can to get it taken down as soon as possible. The BBC did actually then take it down. Now, they use the word incarcerated, which actually is technically correct, me, uh, ad, admittedly, probably an advisable uh, in, incarceration for public safety and health, also fairly pleasant and so on and so forth. But technically, it is incarceration and because it's police enforced. All right, moving on to privacy news online. Taiwan is using a phone location electronic fence to help police track quarantined officials. Uh, they use a lot of examples here, uh, one of which didn't apply to me when I was in quarantine. But anyway, here's the last paragraph. While this shows the severity of the Taiwanese government's response to COVID-19 and their commitments to keeping the virus at bay, it also showcases that the government is able to request such information from phone companies at the drop of a hat. It wasn't so many decades ago that Taiwan was under martial law, one of the longest periods of martial law in world history. Unfortunately, it seems that much of the population still remember, remembers these authoritarian times and are simply okay with their civil liberties being trampled on in the name of protecting the public. And then there's blah, 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 cultural differences that they won't talk about, implying whatever. It is still imperative to implore the Taiwanese public to hold their government accountable. The electronic fence needs to be turned off once COVID-19 is under control, whether it will remain live or not remains to be seen. Now, this is a very good question. Will law enforcement try to come up with reasons going forward to reopen or continue using this tool that they now have? Obviously, for the police, from their perspective or prosecutors, this would be you know, a big boon for them. However, there are obviously privacy concerns. Now, one of the things that really shocked me during my my quarantine is I expected they were tracking the phone that they gave me and not my personal one. Well, after the first police visit, I'd actually failed to notice that on the phone they'd given me, they sent a notification saying you have broken quarantine immediately return home is really kind of a nasty uh, text message, basically saying you're a horrible person. Go back go back home um, and the police are coming and then the police showed up. Now, the second time the police showed up, however, the text message did not go to the, the cell phone they gave me. It went to my personal cell phone. And that's when I figured out they were tracking my personal cell phone. Now, I had no intention of breaking the quarantine. I was certainly willing to do it. It was it's I think it's an important thing. And I'm glad the government here has taken quarantining very seriously in people who might be at risk. However, that was a very creepy thing to see. 
Moving on to the Taipei Times, Taipei to follow science on U.S. imports premier. The government would let science be its guide when determining whether to allow imports of U.S. pork and bovine intestines containing ractopamine to ensure the public that public health is safeguarded, Premier Su Zhenzang said yesterday. Su made the remark when asked whether the ratification of the U.S. U.S.'s Taiwan Allies Inter- International Protection and Enhancement Initiative Taipei Act would affect the government's stance on the issue. So essentially, that's a non-answer. This has been a big thorn in the side of of trade negotiations between the U.S. and Taiwan. So he said they're going to use science. Well, here's the thing. In the U.S., the U.S. government says it's okay, it's safe, ractopamine is fine. Europe, on the other hand, says, no, it's dangerous. So which science are they going to look at? They'll probably use some political calculations on choosing which studies to follow because there's it's it depends, I think, on how much and what potential risks there are. I'll admit I don't know a lot about it. Taiwan News. WHO chief blames Taiwan for soiled reputation amid coronavirus failings. As a petition calling for the resignation of World Health Organization Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus surpassed 580,000 signatures, the Ethiopian health official is reported to have accused Taiwanese netizens of most of the online criticism leveled against him. According to Up Media, the U.S. government has informed Taiwan's Ministry of Foreign Affairs that Adhanom believes most of the online comments accusing him of incompetence are part of a politically motivated scheme carried out by Taiwanese cyber warriors. Moreover, he has reportedly said that Taiwan wishes to join the WHO only for political purposes. Now, um, I assume that the United States, the People's Republic of China, Japan, they all joined the WHO for purely non-political reasons. But Taiwan, of course, has its own sinister motivations in wanting to join the WHO, of course. Taiwan Today, the headline reads, MAC or Mainland Affairs Council poll shows majority support government's cross-strait policy. The overwhelming people of Tai majority of people in Taiwan support the government's cross-strait policy based on the pillars of defending democracy and national sovereignty, according to a poll released by the Mainland Affairs Council on March 26th. Over 86% of respondents stand by President Tsai Ing-wen's policy of promoting cross-strait interactions according to the principles of democracy, dialogue, equality, and peace. More than 84% approve of maintaining the cross-strait status quo, with 45% thinking that cross-strait interactions are proceeding at an adequate pace. In addition, over 92% agree only Taiwan's 23 million people have the right to determine the country's future and the direction of the cross-strait relationship. According to the MAC, the survey also shows a sizable majority approve of China's ongoing campaign of coercion. Around 90% of those surveys surveyed rejected the one country, two systems approach for future relations with 91 and 92% opposing military threats and attempts to suppress Taiwan's international space. 
These figures are backed by 77% and 62% who think the Chinese Communist Party, Party is unfriendly to the government and people of Taiwan, respectively, the highest levels in 15 years. Nearly 92% of respondents believe China is using the COVID-19 pandemic to block Taiwan's WHO bid, and more than 75% support the government's call for Beijing to stop political manipulation so that both sides can engage in dialogue and cooperation. So this was this was conducted by the Election Study Center of the Taipei-based National Juncture University. Now, I, I think that that's a fairly um, respectable organization to carry out the survey, but I don't know how the questions were worded. Moving on to Taipei Times, ECFA deadline jeopardizes trade. Taiwan might face a, dead, a decline in foreign trade with China if the cross-strait economic cooperation framework agreement ends this year, Minister of Economic Affairs Shen, uh, Shen Rongjin said yesterday. The agreement, which was signed and put into effect in 2010 to reduce trade barriers across the Taiwan Strait, is expected to end this year, despite not having an exact termination date. Quote, we have not received notification from China that it wishes to terminate ECFA, Shen told reporters prior to attending a meeting at the Legislative Yuan. Even if we are notified, the agreement would only cease after six months. While acknowledging the potential effects on Taiwan's economy, Shen said termination of the agreement would affect less than 5% of commercial exchanges with China. Quote, the essential thing is for our industries to upgrade and transform. On to, the, on to the Taipei Times, discipline in KMT is critical. Party discipline is a make or break factor to rehabilitating the Chinese Nationalist Party or KMT's public image, KMT Chairman Johnny Chang said yesterday. Chang made the remark in a Hit FM radio interview on the party's relationship with the media, characterizing his efforts to communicate the party's ideals and plans as, quote, tiresome due to a severe imbalance in reporting. The party's re relationship with the media is rocky, and as such, the KMT is absolutely at a disadvantage in terms of news coverage. The KMT cannot tell certain news outlets what to say, so it should instead focus on the outlets it can influence, Chang said, adding that the party would review its ties and relations with media groups and change how it handles the media. The party should treat the media with dignity and respect, he said, expressing the hope that the party under his leadership would prove to the media that his this gesture is sincere. Now, this is the really interesting part here. Asked whether controversy involving KMT legislator Wu Zihui has undercut the party's rebranding efforts and fueled DPP attacks on the KMT, Chang said that Wu has received the second most negative online commentary among KMT lawmakers with the DPP deliberately overinterpreting his every word and action, it is easy for the public to see Wu's remarks as representing the party, Chang said, adding that he would find time to speak with Wu and offer the party's assistance in handling the issue. Should Wu refuse the party's goodwill and repeat his mistakes, the KMT would have no alternative but to issue him a reprimand which could result in his removal from the legislator-at-large seat, Chang said. Party discipline must be maintained if the rebranding efforts are to succeed.
Now, if you're going to reform the KMT, he's actually starting from a pretty good point here. He's trying to bring in some discipline, trying to bring in under control the one legislator who seems to be creating serious problems for the party and the party's image. And he's moving forward with plans to modernize how the party communicates and try to build better relations with the media. Following that, though, he's going to have to come out with what are the messages to communicate to the media and through these new online channels and to see if he can get Hu Zihuai on board with whatever the new messaging is. However, there's one big question that jumped right out at me in this. He said that Wu has received the second most negative online commentary among KMT lawmakers. Who's number one? Moving on to Taipei Times, KMT amendments reach committee review. So essentially, they are now moving ahead with their plan to try to get uh, try to change the Constitution to make it so that 18 year olds can vote. A proposal by the Chinese Nationalist Party KMT caucus to amend the Constitution to lower the legal voting age to 18 and the age of political party candidacy to 20 yesterday advanced to committee review. Today is the most significant day for the reforms that the KMT has pledged to undertake, KMT legislator Johnny Chang told a news conference in Taipei. As the party is traditionally seen as being out of touch with young people, the proposed constitutional amendments are a statement to empower youth as they seek more participation in public affairs, said Chang, who was elected KMT chairman this month. With the advent of the Internet, young people are now exposed to an abundance of information and have become more insightful than politicians on a range of emerging issues. Jiang Wanan says politicians have traditionally made decisions for young people without listening to what they really want. Yeah. And now the thing is, is that this is already supported by all the other parties and the DPP is, has supported it for quite a while. So this is not really a new thing. Except that this is finally the KMT is jumping on board. Previously, they were against this. Now, uh, however, it says as the caucus already has a lot on its plate, it is unlikely to submit a constitutional reform package during the current legislative session. A co constitutional amendment committee is an ad hoc body that requires the participation of at least one third of all lawmakers with its makeup determined by proportion of seats each caucus has in the legislative floor. A motion to amend the Constitution must be sponsored by at least one-fourth of legislators to be valid and approved by at least three-fourths of a quorum of 75% of legislators during a plenary session. The proposal must be voted on by the electorate and would only be passed if at least half of eligible voters voted on it. And in Taiwan today, Corruption Report ranks Taiwan fifth best in Asia-Pacific. Taiwan was behind Singapore, Australia, Japan, and Hong Kong. And finally, in Focus Taiwan, national police had being investigated for misconduct. Taipei District Prosecutor's Office on Friday sent a case involving the alleged misconduct of the National Police Agency head back to the Ministry of the Interior after it characterized after what it characterized as the ministry's failure to follow proper procedure in requesting the investigation.
Now, apparently, the uh, so the MOI department began the investigation earlier this month after receiving a tip off that three middle ranking police officers received promotions when based on their rank, work performance and experience. Such a promotion should have taken up to six years. It was alleged that Chen, quote, orchestrated the officer's promotion so they could work in his office by instructing them to lie about their service experience. Chen also promoted a close aide who was found guilty of driving under influence of alcohol, though the, that promotion was later withdrawn after questions were raised about the aide's qualifications. In response to the allegations, the National Police Agency issued a statement a few days ago that reiterated the recruitment of secretaries in the offices of government department heads is undertaken in accordance with regulations and need. All right, a quick announcement. I will not be doing this show tomorrow as both me and Michael Turton will be recording Current Affairs Taiwan one day earlier this week. This has been brought to you by the Taiwan Report. For more content like this, become our patron at report.tw. Hey, I'm the Taiwan girl. I like my Taiwan girl.